Hey everybody, welcome back to Sama, Sisters Against Mental Abuse. I'm your host, Misty, and today on the show we have Chanel. Um, we're trying a little bit of something new. Uh, it's a shorter episode. It's more of a Q&A kind of thing. Um, again, thanks so much to Chanel for coming on the show, and let's get right into it. Well, I have a, a background in education. I've been uh, involved in writing before, and uh, also... Uh, creative writing and journalism. I'm still involved in education right now. If you want, we can kind of just jump into the start of this. Um, what was the situation where you met him? And we went to the same school, and but I really started talking with him when I was in high school, and by this time he had already graduated from high school and so we just started off as friends at that time I wasn't like interested in being in a relationship I guess he was trying to pursue me and so like he would call me every day and check on me see how my day was and so I guess just from there like it turned into a romantic situation but what really happened was like he ended up leaving to join the military and then when he came back he ended up getting discharged after like a year and so when he came back that's when he you know was showing that he was interested in me romantically and so like at that point you weren't interested in him or or how did that go because it sounds like he was making himself a presence like he was kind of pursuing you how did you feel about that at the time at the time I was not looking to be in a relationship because I had like been single for a whole year and so I was just more like focused on school you know focused on like my extracurricular activities because I was involved in writing at the time so we were like traveling doing workshops and things like that. So I wasn't really interested in a relationship at the time. Did you kind of communicate this and he kept going or, you know, cause at some point you, I guess you became attracted to him. So what did that look like? Well, I guess I just got used to like his presence and, you know, talking to him every day. And then, you know, after a while, I guess I felt like I needed his presence in my life. At this point, you were kind of doing your own thing. And then after he came back from the military is kind of when he started pursuing you. Mm -hmm. So eventually he wears you down and you start the relationship. So what did the relationship look like at the beginning? Like at the beginning, I guess you can consider it as like a love on stage because at the beginning, you know, he was nice. He was like considerate, like he was telling me the things that I wanted to hear, you know, asking me how my day was and like basically not showing any negative signs. Okay. So then was there a particular point where things went left? Well, it's, it still took like a long time for things to go left because well, what happened was when I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter, we like we did kind of go our separate ways, 
but there still wasn't like I think that's mostly when like the mental abuse started is like when I was pregnant with my daughter but there was still like no physical abuse at the time okay so take me through this so the beginning things were great and then you guys got married and then you were pregnant and then what I guess what did that look like or or when did things start changing when did he start showing you who he really was well actually we weren't married we didn't get married yet like we like first I got pregnant with my daughter and then that's like when the mental abuse like started showing but like it was so many it was like a couple years more of just like being together not being together and then like we ended up getting married but like yeah when I got pregnant with my daughter that's when my mental abuse started showing okay so you were already on and off the relationship was an on and off again kind of situation mm-hmm. yeah okay was, so you, yeah I got you so you're on and off and then you got pregnant and then you fast forward to you being married I guess what were some of the red flags that you remember well in the beginning the red flags were like he had he had a lot of female friends which I'm not saying this is a red flag but he, it seemed like he was always trying to compare me to other women. And then just his past with his ex, you know, I guess that would be considered a red flag. But at the time, I didn't, like, think it was a red flag. But, like, how he treated his ex and, like, there was physical abuse in that relationship and probably mental, too. I'm not sure about the mental abuse. At that time, I wasn't thinking that was a red flag because I was just like isolating that as like, okay, that was a situation with him and this other person. And I was thinking that with me, it would be different. Oh, okay. So he was physically abusive in his last relationship, like before you? Yeah. Uh, And like, how did you find that out? Well, he actually told me like, he well, he told me that he, had pushed her before you know and so I I guess because see uh, when all of this was like developing and all this was happening like I was still a teenager so I don't think that I really well I probably didn't because I now knowing what I know about psychology and knowing about the brain and how co- you know cognitive skills develop like I probably didn't have the skills to like process making good decisions or whatever but at that time I wasn't thinking that that was something that would affect me I didn't think that it was like related to me so what kind of situations happened to you um with him because like I want to get an idea of like what it looked like because I know that mental abuse can be so many different things and you said that it escalated, things got bad when you were pregnant. Cause they do say that when a woman is pregnant and she's with someone who's abusive, that is the most vulnerable time for her. Mm-hmm. So what, like, what kind of situations did you run into? When did you realize something was wrong? Well, there was like one situation where he was like driving erratically in the car. You know, I was pregnant at the time and then 
Like, I think he made a comment that he would push me out of the car, but, like, he never did. But he was saying that he could, and it may not seem abusive, but, yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's that's the scary part, because yeah. it sounds like he already tried to paint him. I, I could be wrong here. I could be missing the mark, but, like, it sounds like he tried to paint himself, tried to paint himself as being honest, because, like, he came to you and told you, about the physical abuse and I feel yeah. like when they do that we we start to kind of trust them and I think that they know that mm-hmm. so it you know it sounds like a, a big giant mind game so during this time while you were with him you told me that that the mental abuse had escalated and that there was a cycle like it already sounds like a cycle when you were mm-hmm. breaking up and getting back together but I think that you told me before there was a cycle where you would have these issues and he would love bomb you and then how you would break up with him and he would pretend like it didn't happen. Can you like tell us more and maybe kind of what you learned from that or what it looked like? Well, what it what, what would happen would be like, okay, so we would have the issues and then we would break up, but then he would do all these things to like try to get me back you know then once we got back together in psychology they call us the honeymoon cycle like the it would only last for so long like him being nice to me and then like the abuse would start again so one of the things about you is that you are someone who researched and you started reading about narcissistic abuse so give us a couple situations like where you may have analyzed it and you were like, okay, like being able to put a name to it. Mm-hmm. Well, like basically uh, the discard thing, like when I got pregnant, he basically discarded me because he did not want me to go through with the pregnancy. So it was a situation where like I didn't follow what he wanted. And so, yeah, he discarded me. And so um I guess that's one of the only the main reasons I mean one of the only reasons I mean only times that he did like to start me but the time where I tried to when I would try to break up with him he would not accept it there was one time I tried to break up with him and he just called me back like the next day like nothing ever happened all right so we're at this point you said that around the time that you were pregnant it got really bad and he was trying to discard you because you weren't doing what he wanted after that what what happens like you you get back together and get married or or what happens after that well after like so long he you know well once I had my child he was saying that you know we could just co-parent and he like was picking her up but like the whole time he still expected me like to have a sexual relationship with him and so during that time I still was involved with him sexually but there were periods of times that I wasn't but he was always pressing the issue see the thing about narcissists they can discard you, but they don't like to be discarded. Not at all. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. 
So, all right. But is this, so when he tried to quote unquote co-parent with you, it turned into marriage. Is that what happened or? Yeah, it turned into marriage because um, the main reason why is because like he was being deployed and a lot of people were telling me that, you know, he, then again, he asked, it was like the third time he asked me to marry him. And a lot of people, you know, were telling me that I should, you know, for financial reasons. And so I uh, ended up doing that. And so, and of course, this whole time, this, the whole time that we were engaged, it was like another love bombing situation because, you know, he was deployed, but he gave me access to like all of his money and he was letting me, you know, buy whatever I wanted and stuff like that. And so, but now looking back, I feel like it was a love bombing situation. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I hear that a lot where they try to make you dependent on them. Does that mean that when he was deployed, he wasn't, was he still controlling or abusive or anything like that when he was deployed? Yes, he was. He was still controlling because I remember there was times like, especially on holidays, I remember Christmas time, I was around my family. And so like he expected any time that he called, he expected me to like be on the phone with him and be on the phone as, with him as long as he wanted to. And so I remember Christmas, I was around my family, and but I still answered the call, but it was like, I'm trying to tell him, okay, I need to get off the phone and like be around my family. But that's like, I don't think that was something he wanted me to do, so. Okay, okay, I see. So I guess since you mentioned people were pressuring you to marry him, it sounds like for the benefits, for military benefits, what did your support system look like going through this? Because you said that it was on and off and then, you know, he was, it sounds like he was controlling. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really didn't have much of a support system because like, to be honest, like, the people that were around me, either they had, like, dealt with abuse and still not processed it, or they were basically not aware of, like, the cycle and everything, so it's kind of like, like, it's not, it's not one of those situations where, like, because I've heard some people that were in situations where they get hit and then their mom or their auntie tell them, okay, well, that's, well, that's just marriage or, you know, that's just, you know, what you have to go through. It wasn't like someone blatantly telling me that that's what I had to go through, but it was kind of like an implied sense that it was just a, a struggle that you mentioned before that it did get physical could you kind of share like like what happened and that transition from things being like mentally abusive to the physical and, and like what happened well this was actually before we got married but 
it was like uh one of those times where we were living together well he was basically living with me because I had just got my own place like and I had been staying there a few months but he was living with me and I you know I had gave him a key we had got into an argument I'm I forgot about what and I asked him to give me my key back and so I didn't think anything of it I was headed to the kitchen to get something and next thing I know like he choked me from behind and so like I blacked out when I woke up he was like on top of me what was going through your mind I was taken by surprise like so I really like at first it was just I was taken by surprise so like because you know that was the first time that it happened but like then I woke up but he was actually I was like face down and he was like on my back and so I was just survival that was the only thing on my mind in my mind because I think I even like I remember calling my mom's name because like every time I get scared for some reason, I'll call for my mom. Okay, so then he did one of his love bombing things to kind of draw you back in? Well, after that time, we were like, we were broken up for a long time. Because like I even told one of my friends about it. And now that person was supportive. I don't even, after after that time, I think we didn't get back together. It probably was like at least a year or two. So it was a long time uh, in between. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, I see. And I think I think we didn't end up get getting back together like like right before he got deployed. You know. Well, the reason I ended my marriage is because he ended up having a baby by somebody else. He got deployed, and so he came back in February. And then he had a baby in November. Did you know or did you find out or did he tell you? He, he actually told me. But when he told me, it was like so many stages of him telling me because, you know, first he told me and then he was saying that he didn't think it was his child. And, you know, then, he, then I think at one point he said it wasn't. And then when she was born, you know, I think he started like he was involved in her life some but then he was still saying that he didn't think that it was his child and so he ended up getting something from child support and uh, I guess he took the DNA test and it confirmed that it was his child so you at that point you just said I'm done with this completely mm-hmm. okay I want to go back and ask you about um, you mentioned to me he really, really did not take the breakup well. And I don't think that on, on the show we talked about post-separation abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I know that you told me he tried to like make your life hell. So after you decided that, hey, I can't, I'm not going to be abused anymore. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. What was the situation? What did it look like? Um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, the well, the first time that we broke up, which was after the like the situation where he choked me or whatever, like I I did have a restraining order, and 
but I think it was at one point he did like try to uh come to my apartment because somebody was knocking on my door like four in the morning but he did tell me like a few years later that he was stalking me and he said that he used to sit in my you know sit in his car in the parking lot in my you know apartment complex and watch to see if anybody was coming to my apartment you know or not which you know I know stalking is like a real it's like a prerequisite for and and you know not only an abusive situation but like a, a femicide situation he but it was also one time where he called my job and he tried to get me fired we like were still involved sexually and like I was mostly involved because I I knew that like he would retaliate against me if I didn't and so like once I cut him off completely that was a situation where he like retaliate against me because we had a child together. So he, you know, uh, filed for custody for our child. And, you know, it was the co-parenting was, I mean, it was no co-parenting. It was just, it was just a bitter custody battle. And so in your, when you were reading about um, narcissism and all these different uh, kinds of things, did you encounter anything about post-separation abuse at all well I know like when it comes to the children like the narcissists they don't really care about the children but they will use the children to hurt you and that's one of the things that like he always did it was to the point where he tried to portray me like as an abuser or to portray me as an unfit parent when he was actually the one abusing the child okay so he was abusive to your daughter then it, was he like physically abusing her and then he would say that you were the one doing it or well no he would do it he would it was almost like he would do it in retaliation against me because one time he told her he was like now go go tell your mom that so at this point where where does this stand have you been able to move forward and get away from him how's your daughter um how is your healing process uh, we're all estranged from him. I worry about her healing process, though, because, I mean, she doesn't um, deal with him, but, you know, I've, I've went to therapy a few times, but uh, she's went a few times, too, but I want her to be involved in it, you know, more continuously, but I guess my healing process is more just concerned about her because, you know, your parent is that's somebody that's supposed to protect you. It's not somebody you're supposed to be protected against. It's kind of hard dealing with that. I can talk about it. And then there are some people that say, well, you shouldn't talk about it, you know, but I just feel like not only is it helping me, but I feel like is probably going to help somebody else as well. Gave you the strength to leave that relationship. And then once you left, how did you cope emotionally once you decided to sever ties with him? Uh, what, what helped me leave was my child. We, we helped one another because through the whole process, you know, at one point, 
you know, we were still involved in going to court against him. It was to the point where, you know, and this is when, like, right after COVID started going on. And so we were going to court via Zoom. And, you know, my lawyer wanted her to testify. And she she didn't, she didn't want to do it. And she, you know, did not want to see him. Luckily, you know, everything worked out with her not being able uh but her not being able to do that but one thing this whole situation has taught me is I want our legal system from the lawyers the judges like even police officers they're not trauma informed and it, I've encountered so many people that you know even the police because one time he showed up at her job and the police said oh well that's her dad she needs to go with him they're not considering you know they're not trauma informed at all because if a child sees a person and you know they're showing signs of anxiety they showing that they you know they're scared you don't send that child with that person but there were so many times where like an, an officer or even the secretary at her school, you know, when I went to go check her out, she felt like she needed to call her dad first to see if it was okay. And at that point, he didn't even know what school she was going to. So by her calling him, he, you know, she alerted him that she was going back to this school and so I had to pull her out of this school because it's like we were in a situation where we were trying to hide from him and so what I saw is that so many people like so many professions they're so they're not informed at all. Closing I want to ask what kinds of advice do you have for other black women that may not know that they're in a, a mentally abusive situation or just general advice for other black women things that you've taken away from this well I will say this like generally if it does not feel right it probably is not right and you can always like consult like a um, mental professional or anyone that's like trauma-informed that you know can give you an objective view of what you're dealing with because like if you are experiencing mental abuse it's the situation is not going to improve. So there is no reason to try to entertain it. And that's what I've seen in my experience. And that concludes our episode for today. Thank you for joining us. If you are a Black woman who has a story to share about mental abuse, whether with family, romantic partner, friendship, or you are a black woman in the mental health field, please reach out to us, uh, samatogethernow at gmail.com. We are on Facebook as Sisters Against Mental Abuse, and we are also on Instagram at samatogethernow. Thank you for joining us, and remember, mental abuse is abuse. <laughs>